Hi everyone, my name is Melissa and thank you so much Pastor Chu for the generous invitation and the warm invitation to share this weekend. Um, I myself have been attending SIBKL now for about 12 years and I really love the way that the Word of God is taught here. You know, it's taught with depth, it's taught with authenticity and another area in particular that I've always loved about this church is the emphasis on caring for others. So I actually see it that it's not just a pulpit teaching, but it's actually a practice visible throughout different ministries and amongst our people. In fact, caring for others, especially for those in need, is a major theme throughout the Bible. It's mentioned in almost every book, and I'm not kidding. Not only is it mentioned so many times, it is mentioned in so many different ways. So today, if you will, allow me to share three instances that talks about caring for others and how I believe there is a wisdom behind it and why we are commanded to do it uh, so many times. Now, the first way that is found is at the start, all the way in Leviticus, where God institutionalizes specific practices as law amongst his people. So we take, for example, Leviticus 19. It talks about the practice of leaving something for the poor during the harvest. Now it says in Leviticus 19, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very edges of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare or gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. So we can actually see from this passage, this form of command or rather a law at that time, was God's form of social protection for the poor and for the foreigner. It demonstrates God's care for them. And interestingly enough, further down the Old Testament, we see two people, Ruth and Naomi, benefiting from this law. And if you notice something else in that passage, it is not just a practice commanded to the leaders or to policymakers, but it was given to the entire assembly of Israel. Again, we don't stop at the Old Testament. It carries through into the New Testament where so much of Jesus' actions were helping the sick and the poor. James, who was Jesus' brother, when he was writing about what it means to be a genuine Christian, he says this in his book, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep them from being polluted by the world. So in a time where orphans and widows had very little economic support, who is it that God calls to be their safety net? It is the church, to practice our faith through action. So that was the first way. Um, a second way that is commonly mentioned in the Bible when he talks about caring for other people, it is mentioned um, that this particular act brings about God's blessings to those who give. So we take Proverbs 22, where it's clearly written, A generous man will himself be blessed, for he shares his food with the poor. Um, there are similar verses in Proverbs itself and also in Psalms that shows generous people are blessed by God. I love Deuteronomy 15. So God, in this particular passage, talks about another law. He talks about cancelling debts after every seven years, which is yet another form of social protection. So if you look at verse 10 in Deuteronomy, it says, give generously to them, them being uh, those in need. 
and do so without a grudging heart. Then, because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. What an interesting verse. Um, you know, I think when I read it, for me, I, I love reading stuff like that. Like we always talk about um, people who are tight-fisted, but we don't often hear the description of describing someone as open-handed. But yet in the Bible, that is exactly what we are called to do. And also it's important to note that I don't think we give so that God bless will bless us. You know, I think, but when we are generous to others, maybe perhaps God may find it easier to be generous with us in turn. Now, the third way, um, and this is the one that really speaks to me the most um, when I read passages that highlights teaching us, you know, how important it is to care for the poor, is that it shows us how much this act actually honours God. How do we know this? So firstly, in Proverbs, it's very clear, <laughs> clearly stated, a he who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. But whoever is kind to the needy honours God. When we look at the longer passage found in Isaiah 58, so it's a, it's a really long passage, but bear with me. In verse 3, when, when God's people were complaining to God, why have we fasted, they said, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? God then answers through his prophet Isaiah, Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife, in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. But instead, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? to loosen the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then, your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, Here am I. Wow, what a verse. You know, I think from here, for me personally, when I see it, what I take away is that rituals doesn't actually please God. Um, in fact, it sounds more that he's looking at the condition of our hearts. You know, and this is reflected in our actions, how consistent we are, not just the things that we do one day of the week, right? And again, we see God's blessing that comes when we take action. Healing will appear. The glory of God will protect us. He will answer when we call to Him. Isn't that amazing? And this isn't just an Old Testament thing. Um, if we look, say, in Matthew 25, when Jesus talks about the final judgment, those who are welcome to take their inheritance by God are those who God said this about. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. 
I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, When, Lord, when did we do all of these things? Then the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You know, for when I think back for all the things that God has done for me in my life, um, I don't think there's a way I can ever truly repay Him. But it is nice to know that there are small things I can do that honours God and hopefully pleases Him. And perhaps this is one of it. So if God emphasises this practice of caring for the needy so many times throughout the Bible, I believe it must be important. And I believe there must be a wisdom to it. Otherwise, why ask us to do it, right? So let me tell you just a little bit about myself before I go into, into sharing some stories. Um, I consider myself very fortunate that my full-time job is thankfully not preaching, but is in the field of social work. Um, this year marks the 10th year I've actually been a staff with an NGO called Yayasan Generasi Gemilang. So Generasi Gemilang, or Gigi for short, um, we are a charitable, charitable foundation that aims to raise an exemplary next generation and empower families. We work with all Malaysians, regardless of race, religion, or creed. So 2020 being my ninth year, it was starting out to be an exciting year. We had plans in place, me and my whole team were geared up to go, but we had no idea just how exciting 2020 would end up being with COVID-19. You know, we in March, we had to close the office, stop all the programs with the MCO because everything we did was face-to-face. -face. Yet, even as we were preparing to go into lockdown in March, I personally felt a sense of urgency stirring within me. Um, I knew that families, especially the families that we serve, would be severely impacted. But just that at that early on, we didn't know exactly what kind of help they needed or how bad the situation would actually turn out. So I prayed about it. Um, I remember asking God, show me how to act on this feeling of needing to do something. I had no idea what to do and how to do it, especially how to do it remotely since we were all confined to our homes. But I just asked God, if this is something you put in my heart, please Lord, just show me how to do it. Now, one of the most amazing things about my job is actually the people that I have the privilege to work with, my amazing colleagues. Um, this feeling I had was something many of them shared as well. And together, we decided to find out what were the current needs and what can we do to meet it. Based on our experience, we narrowed down food as a high priority, especially for the elderly and the disabled living in the low-income communities we already work in. So I remember that particular weekend, right after MCO was um, announced, we launched a fundraiser seeking to raise 30,000 ringgit to feed 150 families for two weeks. You know, as a team, we had never done food aid distribution on this scale before. And I must give a shout out to the entire GG team who was so amazing. They figured out how to distribute food from our homes. They figured out how to distribute food without any of us breaking the MCO regulations or even putting the community at risk. Another group I must thank are our donors who helped us reach our target within one weekend. And because of their generosity, we were able to help so many more families who grew increasingly worse off as the MCO prolonged. So instead of two weeks, which was our initial goal, we ended up providing food for 15 weeks 
to over 500 families. And in total, we raised and spent 712,000 ringgit. Now, from this initiative alone, I have learned so much that I believe so strongly that there is a wisdom in why God emphasizes it for us to practice being compassionate. Firstly, I believe when we help those in need, we actually understand better God's heart for the poor. We see and hear what God himself sees and hears. So for example, during the food aid distribution, we prioritized families um, using calls. We called them to assess their needs because we couldn't go face-to-face to meet them. And as the MCO prolonged, we had to expand our initial target. So at first, we were really looking to help the elderly and the disabled. But with prolonged weeks, being in the house and being unable to find jobs, we found that it was families, especially families with young children, who had ran out of food and really needed our help. You know, I remember speaking to one father who told me that he had no choice but to feed his two-year-old sweet tea or teo because they had no money for milk powder. And unfortunately, this was a common practice with more than one family resorting to this. Um, there was another family with OKU children that was surviving on 60 ringgit a day before the MCO. With the MCO, both parents couldn't work. They had no savings during the lockdown. And so they had really nothing much to eat and, and rely on as the weeks prolong. And even I remember in one internal meeting, as a team, there was a particular case that was referred to us by another NGO asking for help for a lady who was so poor, she didn't have a fridge to store or even a stove to cook the food, even if we gave it to her. And we had to think, how then can we provide help to someone who so clearly needs it? After nine years in this field, I thought I somewhat understood what urban poverty in KL looks like. But I can tell you, this MCO showed me a whole new level of being in need. And if this is what I am hearing over the phone, I simply can't imagine what God himself sees and hears every day. If anything, I have a better understanding of why God feels so strongly that we, his people, must care for those in need. Um, the second wisdom that I have seen from practicing compassion is that we can truly make a difference to someone else's life. You know, after sending food, we didn't stop there. We called the families again to follow up. We asked them, is the food okay? Is the food received in good condition? How are you doing generally? And the amount of thanks we received over the phone was overwhelming. In fact, there were some calls where the families could only just say thank you over and over again to a point where our team members had no idea how to respond anymore. You know, I remember myself speaking to fathers telling me that without the help given, they would have had no idea how their family would have survived. And this in particular touches me because I know as their family's sole breadwinner how weighted this statement is. Because as a father, whose job is to provide and when they are unable to do so, it really means a lot. You know, another one that stood out was a mom that I spoke to. She said, I don't know how to thank you. I cried out to God and he heard me. Because of you all, my children have food to eat before they sleep. Deeper than the thank yous um, from having food, the food aid we gave provided a variety of nutrition. 
So many of the families that we were calling told us that they were surviving on just one egg and plain rice for each meal. Sometimes not even three meals a day, sometimes less. But with the donations that we received, we were able to provide fresh vegetables, fresh chicken, and even the occasional treat like Milo or Maggie Mee. Some of the parents videoed their children's reactions when the food pack came and it was so cute. Um, they were so excited to see something different that wasn't rice. <laughs> and it was a treat for them. You know, but more importantly was the consistency of the food. We provided food every week and that in itself helped alleviate a lot of stress for the parents. They didn't have to worry about where their next meal would come from. And this also stopped one of the uh, practices that we heard about from other NGOs where some families would resort to hoarding aid um, simply because they just don't know where the next bag of rice um, would be from. You know, the families that we put on our distribution list, we saw them through from the start all the way to the end when the MCO was finally lifted in June. And altogether, that was 15 weeks. Also, when we gave, we gave open-handedly as commanded in Deuteronomy. So not just food, we also gave families with petty cash and this was before the government announced the Bantuan Prihatin cash aid. So in April, we were giving 100 ringgit um, a week for the families who did provide the bank account numbers. Um, and for most traditional donors, I know this is quite against the norm to give cash. You know, there's always the worry that money will be abused. But I think at that point, our team felt confident to give cash because we saw that there were so many other important needs that food alone could not solve. And in addition to that, there were so many credible, internationally-backed research that supports the provision of cash transfers as a very meaningful way to help families, especially in times of crisis. We learned through the calls later that the families had used the money to buy things like milk powder, diapers. Some use it to buy cooking gas. Some for over-the-counter medication like Panadol or even transport to get medical treatment like dialysis. So don't underestimate the impact of our giving, no matter how small. Sometimes it may not seem like much, but I can tell you 50 ringgit can make a world of a difference to the families we helped. Lastly, as I wrap up, the final wisdom that I personally have seen and I have learned from putting this into practice of helping those in need is that I believe we ourselves grow when we give. And for me, this specifically was in the area of generosity, you know, challenging myself to be not just generous, but open-handed as the scripture commands. You know, I've seen throughout my years working in, 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 in this NGO that you don't have to be wealthy to give. In fact, um, last year, we discovered a group of teachers from a local school nearby who was using their own money to help their neediest students during the MCO. You know, in another one of my calls, I spoke to a lady, and this I will always remember, she told me if you only have one space for one family this week, and as much as she and her children really needs it, she asked, can I put her elderly neighbour on instead of her? And she said, because this neighbour of hers had nothing in her house, the lady told me that she felt so bad that she gave her neighbour three out of her remaining 10 eggs. And I was stunned. You know, if you think about it, it's not just giving 30% of your monthly income because you know next month you're going to get it. But this is like as if you're giving 30% of your total assets 
because she had no idea where to get more eggs after her 10 eggs ran out. Thankfully, we were able to include both the students and these two ladies on our food aid distribution after we found out about them. And this story, this egg story in particular, stuck with me. And later on this year, or that year, I was in a situation where I remembered the story again. I volunteer as part of a group that oversees public donations for a children orphanage. And at that point, because of some changes in the back-end process, there was a period of time, a very short period, where payments had to be delayed. And I remember one of the urgent payments was for medicated milk. And this was for medicated milk powder for a special needs child. And as the whole group was thinking, how are we going to resolve this issue? I remembered the story of the ladies and the eggs. And I just felt inspired. And so I decided to just give the amount needed so that the caretakers could buy the milk powder without delay. And to be very honest, I really envy people who are naturally more generous. You know, these are the people that are very quick to offer help. A lot of times I sit there and go, why didn't I think of that sooner? Right? But I suppose for those of us who don't possess certain traits, like any other trait, we have to practice it so that we get better at it. And I believe by starting with one small step, it, it grows us to respond generously. Um, another example that I can just think of was... Um, a sharing by one of our volunteers. He had helped us to do the follow-up calls to the families and after a few days of hearing how thankful the families were to receive the aid, um, he shared during our debrief that he thought of his elderly neighbour. And so the next morning, when he went to the market, he bought groceries for her and she was so grateful, you know, and he in turn felt so glad that he was able to meet a need that he never knew she had. So in conclusion, I would say this, God's instruction to us to help the needy is not a suggestion. I believe it is a command to all of us, whether you're a leader, whether you're a policymaker, whether you're in business, or even a homemaker. We are all alike, regardless of why we do it. You know, whether we believe, oh, because it's law, because there are blessings that come with it, or even as an act to honour God, I believe there's a wisdom that comes from being generous in our compassion. Um, there will always be obstacles. There will always be an excuse to stop us. But we can also pray for a way um, of how we can act on our faith. And sometimes we just have to act first, you know, without necessarily knowing everything. Our food aid this year is for a much smaller targeted group of families. And these are families with very specific needs. You know, I think it's great that um, what we are seeing on ground now is that many families are able to find work again and stand on their own. However, there are other emerging needs, um, one of which is how badly education has been affected uh, for children this year. They have been calling it the lost year of education. And why education is so important is because it remains the longest term solution to poverty. And so we have to act fast. If you would like to support the work that we do, you can consider giving monthly to the link listed um, in the description box below this video. Some of the things that we will be doing will be helping children get school, whether it's physically or digitally. Um, we want to continue to provide online classes to address basic literacy so that every child at least knows how to read and write. You know, we are also planning to help families manage the challenges that they face. You know, a lot of families are telling us that their children 
are having so much digital exposure, they also don't know how to manage it, right? Or even managing parent-child relationships, especially for those living in adverse living conditions. These are challenging times that we live in. And if we don't show love to our neighbour now, then when? Perhaps God has planted a seed in your heart. An idea of someone or a group that you can help. And if that is you, allow me to pray together with you now um, as we close that hopefully this seed will take root into action. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word that you have shared with us. That with your guidance, we are able to take hold of a life that is truly life. And as we think about this particular command to help those in need, to be generous, to be compassionate, we ask you to teach us how we can live this out. Open our hearts to the people around us who we can help. Create in us a pure heart to see what you see and hear what you hear. Show us how to help. Teach us how to be open-handed in our giving and not give with a grudging heart. We thank you, Lord, that as we put your commands into actions, we will be blessed by the wisdom that comes from obeying your word. In Jesus' most mighty name we pray. Amen. Now, would you raise your hands in worship for the closing song, Build My Life. Have a blessed week ahead.